This is Attack the Stack, Riri Williams. Shoff and I get a chance to catch up on all things Riri Williams, so you're going to have a great conversation about that. But before we get into Attack the Stack, just want to let everybody know that the 14 Days of Magic campaign is still going on with Magic Mind. Don't forget, I'll leave a link in the show notes, magicmind.co slash 14 Days of Magic, what they're doing basically trying to get everybody to live a healthier life, make a pledge 14 days in two weeks. Can you change something in your life to be a little bit healthier? And then if you create some type of content, a little piece of video and you put hashtag 14 days of magic, it's going to get viewed by magic mind and they're going to donate $10 for the rainforest efforts. They're trying to get to $30,000 donation. So help them out. Magic Mind itself is a nice little productivity booster. You can get it at magicmind.co. Like I said, um, use our code Kaiju14. And I, if you use that code, I'm going to select a winner to get one to three month subscription of Magic Mind. So if you won't be so kind, go ahead and use that link in our show notes and the code Kaiju14. It has helped me out. I think give me a little productivity boost. And I think it will help you out as well. I am your host, Trent Justin Vector, and I'm here with the co-host with the most, Shaw. How are you doing, Shaw? Ooh, I'm so good. I am so good. Oh, yeah. How are you? I'm doing excellent because this week we had the release of Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Ibombe! Ibombe! <laughs> you and I are going to be giving our full thoughts on that in the next episode of Comic Book Kaiju. But in this episode, I wanted to talk specifically about someone who appears in Wakanda Forever, Riri Williams. So Shoff and I both had on our stacks the appearances of Riri Williams, the first appearances. And so that is Invincible Iron Man now this we need to get into a whole tangent about this show <laughs> invincible iron man volume three number seven from may of 2016 is her first cameo her first full appearance invincible iron man volume three number nine from july of 2016 and then it goes into invincible iron man volume four and then invincible iron man they went back to the renumbering or they went back to the original numbering 593 through 600 just so they can say that they had an invincible iron man number 600 and they do this all the time in in comics like modern comics now and it kind of drives me up the wall that they have <laughs> all these renumberings just because they want to have their cake and eat it too so they have the number one issue when they do the renumberings of the volumes but then they also have the legacy numbering of 600 so they they can have both um it's just confusing especially when you're trying to, well, I guess if both ways, when you're reading it as it's coming out, and if you're doing like us, if you're trying to catch up on it, because I hadn't read these before. I, I, I saw them when they were coming out, but I just never got around to reading them. So what was your experience, Shaw, trying to find these on Marvel <laughs> Unlimited? Uh, now, I was I was there to guide you, but what, what do you think about this these volumes and these renumberings? <laughs> well, initially, um, when you said... I want you to read the Invincible Iron Man uh, run. And it was like, oh gosh, like 14 issues. Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, oh, okay, uh, that that's manageable. 
And so I finished the 14 issues and I'm like, we got like a taste of Riri Williams, but definitely not like it's not her. She's not the featured person in the, in the issue. She's certainly not the title protagonist. And so I was like, um, did I miss something? (laughs) Did I I not follow the instructions? And then I was talking to you and you're like, oh yeah. So that's like, (laughs) that's like maybe less than half of what you needed to read. So really it's those 14 issues plus 19 more issues um from so basically spanning uh content from 2015 all the way through 2018 and what um, what also sucked about that is in marvel unlimited as we're reading it the there's some type of a bug where when you click on one it takes you to the other invincible iron man so it it that's a whole other thing that's a whole other yeah. problem that they have so yeah it's just a headache but so yeah but i mean once i figured (laughs) once i got your help and figured out that oh okay it restarts the numbering again and then it changes the numbering again uh so that it can get to the legacy numbering like you were saying i I was like okay but i definitely was struggling with this from the get-go um i mean i'm glad we did it because it definitely prepared me for black panther wakanda forever um, and I, I really like Riri Williams, but I definitely feel like there's a lot of concepts brought into the span of these, what is this 23 ep- No, I'm sorry. 33 issues. Right. That felt just too busy or oh. rather that most, a lot of the concepts were introduced super late in the run and then left hanging. And, and because we didn't continue reading after that for this particular episode, like I'm at a loss really understanding like <laughs> how it all went down yeah um but i will say some of my big takeaways things i really enjoyed um i like riri's character i liked her spunk uh i liked mm. um just the nature of her being just a, a genius out of chicago yeah and uh uh and then being at like mit and stuff like that because that was really cool um i i really like and now it makes me want to go back and read that run. I think it's the infamous Iron Man. Ah, um, uh, yes. But Doctor Doom as yes. Iron Man, right? That whole thing was probably, and I hate to downplay Riri, but mm. I kind of found that to be the most interesting thing because it's by the end of it, by the end of those thirty plus issues, I still don't know why he did it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's kind of unclear, and they right. specifically say it's a little unclear. I mean, it, is it as simple as him just trying to do right? after doing wrong for so long i don't mm-hmm. know is it that is it that genuine i'm not sure but he's like an iron man with mystical magic powers like it was he's a cool character and uh and really interesting and so i was really intrigued by that and it makes me want to go check out the infamous run nice yeah and i enjoyed this um attack the stack that we did going through all of Riri's initial appearances. But as I was reading it, I was kind of like you, it felt all over the place. It was very like scatterbrained. And Brian Michael Bendis is a writer that I have loved in the past. And and you read Ultimate Spider-Man also, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I read, I, I have the first, the second, and maybe like the fourth or fifth volumes okay. uh, in my like personal library. Um, and I've definitely read the first volume, but I don't think I've read more beyond that. So I have a bunch that are just sitting in the stack. You know what I mean? Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you get around to it, I think that is one of my favorite runs of all time. And I think that's what Bendis is going to be known for, not only for creating Riri and 
Miles Morales, but his Ultimate Spider-Man run specifically, I think is going to be, it's going to go down in, in history of as the best, one of the best comic runs of all time, as well as his Daredevil run. So those two specifically, but as far as his, I like his creation of Riri, but his writing of Riri, I was a little bit, I just didn't know where, where she was coming from. And I think Miles was kind of like that in the beginning as well. And it was only after about 10 years of other writers coming on. And then when we got the into the Spider-Verse movie, where I felt like I knew the character of Miles Morales, I think Riri's going to have that as well, where we just saw her in live action for the first time this week. She's getting her own show on Disney plus her, her character is going to get a lot more uh, background and, and feeling like um, not fluffing up, but just, she's going to get more to her rather than, oh, okay, she's initially introduced. Now let's go talk about Tony Stark. Um, right. Let's go over here. And and so, like you said, it just felt very busy. It didn't feel like a cohesive thing. Unfortunately, that's where we our monthly comics are these days where not everything is written for the trade where it's written for the collection. It's more written to be month to month. And so if you go back and read it in a trade, it's like, oh, they're they're going in so many different directions because month to month, the writer was just like, oh, okay, now I'm going to go over here. Now I'm going to go over here. Yeah. So that was kind of unfortunate. Now, Ironheart herself has a 12 issue run, which is on Marvel Unlimited. I'm going to get to that at some point, but I'm sure that one is more focused on her because it's not called Invincible Iron Man, Ironheart. It is called Ironheart. That is the name right. of the comic. So hopefully, yeah, that will give us some more Riri stuff. But um, yeah, Shaf, I, I really enjoyed getting caught up on her. And then as we watched Wakanda Forever, kind of feeling like I knew a little bit more about her rather than just being cold, going in cold turkey and being introduced to her. Uh, now, you had something to say to me, Shaf, about the artist in this book yeah. or in this run. So, I mean, the art in general for this this particular run was excellent. Like, yes. I loved the way that they styled the the characters. I thought that the art in general had a very consistent look to it. Mm -hmm. Up until, and I, I did not write down, excuse me, I did not write down the issue, but there's a point, I want to say it's, it's in the latter portion. It's in like the second half of the Ironheart run um, where the artist changes mid issue yes for like the last five pages of the issue and it goes straight anime like it's it, yeah. it, it it's like this is the art style and then suddenly it's dragon ball z for the rest of the <laughs> the issue with no explanation whatsoever right. there's not even like a a stylistic choice it's literally right. somebody else who's drawing it who made no efforts to look like the other artists and then i think to myself how are these artists getting away with this? Like <laughs> you have a job to do. If I showed up to work and I did 75% of my job, they'd be like, Jim, you got to finish this. You can't <laughs> just submit it like this. Right. We're not gonna have somebody else finish your work for you. You got to do it or you're going to lose your job. Right. Like I, I just don't understand how an artist would not complete the work considering how much time they get to do it. Like yeah. these issues are only coming out once a month, typically. Um, so I just, that was baffling to me and it was not a fan of that. It was very jarring. And for me, it, the art has to be consistent 
for me to appreciate the comic. I get taken out of it. Like I get taken right. out of the story as soon as something, uh, I guess doesn't make sense. Right. Then I'm out. And, and, and I, that definitely happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's also one of those, I, I'm a little bit more accustomed to that because that is commonplace in monthly comics and reading it month to month is not as jarring because you have 30 days. Whereas what we were doing was reading, we were binging it and reading it back to back. And so it was very jarring to go from a consistent art style all the way up through it. And I think it was issue 11. I'm just looking at the names of the pencilers here. Uh, yeah. Stefano Caselli was the artist that you liked. And when it went into manga territory, that was when um, I think Taki Soma came on. Mm. So I'm it's it's kind of a double edged sword because I do understand the artist there. Each artist works differently where some of them, it just takes them longer. And some of them I've even I've heard artists say, I don't know why I'm able to do five pages a day, but I can. And other artists, well, I can do one page a day. So it's definitely artist to artist um, yeah. as it goes along. But I'm like you as well, Shuff, where I want to read a complete project or a complete product where it's one artist from start to finish. Now, where you have the advantage there would be if they just wrote a graphic novel or they just did a graphic novel completely and then put it out versus coming out month to month. That's so, a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's, it's uh, and just that would be hard thing. to do because a lot of times graphic novels are collecting not just the main run, but also some side stories yeah, in right. other arcs that just happen to feature the character that might right. have like some bearing resemblance to the plot. Right. Um, like I think, um, but keeping with the art, I wanted to mention, and this is more of a question for you as well yeah. as a statement for me, but yeah. a lot of this art, it felt to me like the artist knew that readers like to read it on a digital format Ooh. with the smart panel, like the mm. guided panel. Yeah. Because there were moments where I was, I was reading the issues and the characters would be staring at each other. And then you would flip to the next panel. And the only thing that would change is the, the person's head would like tilt and face a different direction. And it mm. looked like animation because nothing else about the image was changing except for the orientation of the face. And maybe uh -huh. only one person was nodding or something. Yeah. And it was like, it was like the, the artist knew that the reader was going to flip through panels that way so that the effect would be the illusion of animation. Huh. And I really truly believe that this is a premeditated effort on the, the part of the artist. And I don't know mm. for sure, but I was like, there's no way that this is not that. Cause it was so evident to me. And I loved it. I loved that aspect of it. Cause it really helped make it feel like it was an animated show or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that was really, really cool. Um, it's interesting. I loved, or I really enjoyed, and I found kind of intriguing the element with the hood. I don't yeah. know that much about the hood, but oh, that, that to me was, was really, really interesting. Yes. And yes. it kind of came out of nowhere. And that was my problem with it yeah. is I was like, I don't have any context for this, mm. but yeah. I'm really interested in it. I okay. I more. have, yes, I have a, I'm going to write this down. I have a very, I'm very excited right now because that character was created by Brian K. Vaughn, who is my favorite comic writer of all time. He is the current writer of Saga and 
he is a phenomenal character that has not been used very well. Now he actually is getting a live action. He's going to be in the Riri Williams show, the Ironheart. I show. saw that. Yeah, I saw that played so, by and uh, Anthony Ramos. Yes, uh, from yeah. Hamilton. Yeah, and right. yeah, you are going to like him. He is a great character. Like I said, he just is so underutilized. So I'm very. I have some recommendations. So I'll give those to you off. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Okay. Excellent. Well, yeah, I think. That was um, a good attack to stack, Shaw. Riri Williams, we got to know her. We got to understand her. Little, some, a few hiccups along the way with some of the artists changing and the invincible, like the the name changes from the the storylines. But I think overall, it was a good time. I did not regret catching up on Riri Williams, and I'm glad you joined me for this journey, Shaw. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Shoff loves comics, and you should too. 